My name is Josh Flores, and I just want to welcome you. This is our annual youth service, and as you can tell, these are some of the youth up here leading worship. And, uh, God has uh, been so amazing this past week, just working in uh, the youth service uh, practices and everything. They've uh, put so much uh, time. I just pray that uh, they minister to you uh, this week. I just want to let you know, if this is your first time, uh, this, this is a welcome card, I believe, in the front of your chairs. Uh, just fill this out and bring it down to the a gift for you. Uh, this is your first time visiting. Uh, please join me in prayer. Dear Father, Lord, just thank you for this uh, time where we just come here and uh, worship you, Lord. This is a great opportunity, Lord, just to serve you in this way, Lord. I just pray that you will just be with us today, Lord. Uh, work in our hearts. Just uh, change us, Lord.
be seated.
Morning, everybody. Morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Robert Gonzalez. I've been attending Good News all my life. And uh, I just want to let you guys know how humbled I am to be up here and how humbling this experience has been to dip into the Word of God and uh, understand what it is He wants me to share with you guys today. So I'd like to open up with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus, Lord, and I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I pray that um, pray that the congregation understand that it is not just them I'm speaking to, but it is to myself as well, Lord, that all of this pertains to me and that as well, Father, and that uh, we all receive this message and recognize that it is only for your will, God, and this is only your doing, and you are just using me to help speak your word. In your son's name, amen. So, my brother Christian just talked about how our life is in a spiritual warfare, spiritual war zone. And uh, in that war zone, there are two sides. There's God's side and the sinful nature. Um, And so when you're on God's side, it's, it's... Sometimes we wonder, what is it that we need to do, or what is it that He's given us that would help us fight fight the good fight, uh, fight for Him? Uh, If you would turn me, turn with me to uh, Job chapter one, we are going to be using the life of Job to help uh, illustrate this. Just to give you a little context. the book of Job is basically focused on this one man, by the name of Job, of course, um, who was upright and blameless in God's eyes. And that's how the very beginning uh, of the book starts. Uh, it's very specific when it says he's blameless and upright. He sa- it says that he feared God and shunned evil. So this guy's no Job. Um, and so if you read further down, you see that... Uh, the Lord, uh, that Satan comes before the Lord and they have a brief conversation and Job gets brought up into the conversation. Um, God speaks to Satan about Job and how, and again reiterates that he is blameless and upright, that he is a servant of God, a man like none other. For you to be called a servant of God, that's, that means that you have to have an intimate and deep relationship with him, that to be called his servant. To be called blameless and upright in his eyes. And this man wasn't any ordinary man. He had many different things. Any, anything that you could desire at that time, he had. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,000 yoke of oxen, and 5,000 donkeys, and numerous amount of servants that you could only even imagine of having. And all this was given to him because of his faithfulness to God. Scriptures say that, again, he feared God and shunned evil. And that he had favor in his eyes, in God's eyes. And so, while the devil and uh, while the devil and God are, are speaking, uh, the devil challenges Job's faith. After God presents Job to the devil, and um, he, and so the devil says, "Does he fear God for nothing? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed his work, the work of his hands." so that the flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. 
but stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you in your face. So this, Satan does not believe that, that Job really is faithful to God. He believes that it's because of everything that Job has been blessed with that, that Job, which is the reason why Job has his faith. And so the Lord allows him to take away everything but his health. And so that's exactly what Satan does. He takes away everything, all the land, all the sheep, all the oxen, all the donkeys. Everything's taken away from him. Even his children are taken away from him. But even in all this, he did not curse his name. If you look at chapter 20, he says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. This man had such faith, such deep spiritual discipline, that he was able to put his sufferings aside, put anything, put what he was going through aside to continue to praise God, no matter what the circumstances were. What a testament of his faith. And so, you see in chapter 2, the same thing happens again. Job once again is tested. The devil and the Lord have the same conversation. But this time, he takes away his health. The Lord allows him, allows the devil to take away his health, but not his life. And so, Job loses his health. And he, the sores swell throughout his entire body. And he begins, and, and you can see the, the grotesque uh, description that, he, that he's suffering. Not just mentally and emotionally, but physically now. And, and even in this, he still did not curse God's name. And the one thing that the devil didn't take away was his wife. And his wife ends up turning on, on her husband. Um, she tells him, she asks him, why do you hold on to your integrity? Curse God and die. However, again, Job refuses. And he continues to keep his integrity and stay faithful to God. He responds to her by saying, you talk like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? So even while, he, while his wife turned on him, he remained faithful to God. He remained true to Him. Now that's not to say that he didn't question or challenge what he was going through. As you continue to read on in the book of Job, uh, he, his three friends come before him and try to give him solutions and, and answers to, these, to, these, to this whole issue, wondering why, why is Job going through this? Because he was blameless and upright. No, nobody had an answer. Only God did. So his friends came before him and Job refuted everything that they said to him because they tried to give him answers and he knew, again, he stayed faithful and he stayed true to the Word, to, to God. But, as you see in chapter 31, skipping along, verse 3, he says, Is it not ruin for the wicked? Disaster for those who do wrong? Does he not see my ways and count my every step? And then he goes on and on explaining why, why he shouldn't be going through this and, and questioning why he is. However, you notice that God does not answer him right away. He chooses his own time because he has no obligation to. Just like he, does, just like he has no obligation in our lives. Rick Warren, uh, the author of Purpose Driven Life, he gives us great reasoning and as a possibility for why God didn't appear right away to Job. 
uh, quoting Warren, he says, when you are a baby Christian, God gives you a lot of confirming emotions and often answers to the most immature, self-centered prayers. So you'll know He exists. But as you grow in your faith, He will wean you of those dependencies. Is it possible that maybe God was weaning Job of His presence because of the level of faith that this man had? So this again, God not appearing before him, is another testament of how deep this man's faith and spiritual discipline really was. He, and, and just because just because, the God, just because God just because you don't feel him there doesn't necessarily mean that he's not because he's omniscient he's omnipotent he's everywhere at once he's all knowing he's all seeing he knows everything that you're going through so just because Job didn't feel him there doesn't mean that he wasn't really there and that's how it is for our lives as well and we can relate to this majorly I know especially for me there are times where I don't feel God's presence. But we have to constantly remember and through His Word that He's given us that He's always there. He'll always be there. And so, you look in chapter 38, you finally see that God responds to Job. In verse 4 He says, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. And then He goes on to ask Him various other questions that of course Job could not answer. And so, as you read along in chapter 42, Job finally responds after God has finished speaking to him. And he says, I know, I know you can, that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I do not understand. Surely I spoke of things too wonderful for me to, to know. I know everybody here can relate to suffering, pain, you know, going through times of trouble, in the midst of chaos, things going on in your life. When is my brother going to kick his addiction? When will my sister realize what she's doing is wrong? When will I stop doing wrong? Why are all these things happening to our government, our economy? Why are there so many corrupt people? Why, are, why do we have to be born in sin? We live in a world of chaos. But there is hope. And we see that in Job's life. After Job finishes talking, after, after Job responds, the Lord gives him twice what he had before for all the suffering he went through. So even though he had to go through the fire, he came out as pure gold. And I'd like to let you guys know today that even though you are going through the fire, even though I am going through the fire, we all, our lives, through spiritual discipline as part of that process, when we have that spiritual discipline in our lives where we can remain faithful to God and His Word, we'll get through it and we'll come out as purified gold, especially in His eyes. I'd like to close this with a prayer. And um, end this with the question how does how will these disciplines be displayed in our lives my brother uh, Jared as he concludes this sermon will uh, be speaking about that if you bow your heads and close and pray with me dear Heavenly Father I thank you so much 
for providing us with this word that you've given us. The ability to become spiritual discipline through your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. That he is the way, the truth, and the life, Lord. And that is because of you, because of his death, that we have this freedom. And that we can find peace in this chaos. I pray that people have received this message as well as myself, Lord. And that we can apply this to our lives. In your son's name. Amen. Thank you. Would you stand and sing with us?
may be seated.
Would you stand with us?
You may be seated. And he did help me. And in the back of my head, I had, I had, well, 
Father, I just thank you for these uh, these days, Lord, the work that they put in, and I just, I just thank you for, for each one of their hearts, Lord, getting up early and taking time out of Saturday to serve you, Lord. I pray that it won't stop here, but they'll go forth and, 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 and they'll serve you on a daily basis. God, I pray that you will just, as a church, you will pray for these youth, and you will talk to these youth, and you will just challenge them to live better, to live more. Thank you.
You're dismissed.